0: Hey everybody! Welcome to episode fifteen of uh, Going to the Show with Tools, covering uh, June 2020, and uh, we're starting to get some movement in uh, Charlotte with some uh, live music. Certainly not what uh, we we're used to previous to the uh, pandemic, but there is some stuff going on. Um, so I'd like to talk about that first, and then um, dive into you know what's been going on uh, online too because there's still just a treasure trove of stuff going on online with uh, live music and re-release stuff and uh, all sorts of different ways that artists are are getting their work out there. So it's pretty cool still. Um, first off with what's, what's going on with live music. So in Charlotte, we are in phase two. So uh, restaurants can be open to 50% capacity uh, music clubs and, and bars without food or that don't sell enough food, they're still closed. Um, you know, and uh, there's still caps on on gatherings of people and, and things like that. But there is some um, live music going on. Middle Sea Jazz Club, uh, which uh, just opened up, I think it was in maybe mid-fall they opened, uh, late fall. And I went to a show up there. They've been having shows. I'm on their email list and, uh, they've been doing shows. There hasn't really been anything to, um, catch my eye up there, but it's gotta be tough for them to do cause it's not a big room. So at 50% capacity, that's, um, that's going to be tough for them to, to get by, but, uh, they're putting on music. So that's great. Um, I know I mentioned last time that, uh, the music yard down on uh, South Boulevard between max and, uh, the South side, uh, They're doing uh, music there. They had of good nature and they did two nights and they both sold out and they even added, uh, it was supposed to be cars only, but they added VIP like picnic table things in front of the stage from what I could tell on pictures and it looks like they sold those as well. So, so uh, that went well, Uh, they're still doing that. I think they're trying to do every weekend. They have shows booked uh, in there and um, there was a drive up show In NODA, that was uh, a benefit for um, uh, Black Lives Matter-related charities um, on one of the stores up there. And uh, there's also a drive-in outside of town in uh, Kings Mountain, uh, North Carolina, which uh, looks like to me it's about 45, 50 minutes from me. But there's an old drive-in out there, and they're doing shows there. Um, There's actually two shows coming up there that uh bands I'd be kind of interested in going to see and it would uh, I'm still social distancing myself as much as I I can and trying to be careful cuz our um our numbers here in North Carolina are going the right direction our cases are up of course because testing's up but um the not good part is that our hospitalizations are up so uh yeah I'm I've definitely started to dabble a little bit in eating out and and things like that in my office i went into the office for a week we're doing one week in the office one week out um so going out some but still not going out in large groups or anything like that but uh so the drive-ins you know a little tempting but um you know, still enter still not for sure that I'll, I'll enjoy it but uh it's funny the first show i saw the king's mountain Drive-in that i'd be interested in it's probably two bands i wouldn't pay more than 20 bucks to go see. And they're, uh, it's two bands together and the way they're doing the pricing for the drive in is the number of people in your car. You know, it's not like the drive in movies where it's, you know, pile people in your car and and get in. But, um, for two people, it was 80, 80 bucks, um, two people in a car to go to the show. And like I said, neither band I would pay more than 20 bucks for. So, um, that seemed pretty steep to me and then, you know, the drive out there and all that. So I don't think I'll do that, but there is a couple of bluegrass bands going out there. I'd be interested in. So if I can um, find some people to go out with me, maybe I'll, um, I'll give it a try. Cause I should, is uh, I'm definitely climbing the walls of uh, my apartment and uh, missing social activities and definitely missing live music. But um, that's some of the, the things going on with live music. Oh. And then the other thing is too, <clears throat> venues, like I mentioned last time, venues that have, um, you know, uh, the acoustic solo people or that have uh cover bands that are still serving, that are serving food. Um, they're starting to put shows on, which is really cool. Uh, I know gin mill in the South end, they're advertising that they're having bands and, uh, down the road for me in Indie land, uh, the, the goat bar, they've had, um, a band or two in there. So, um, the restaurant, you know, the bars that still have food and stuff like that, they're in that they used to do shows, they're starting to do them. So um, that's pretty, pretty cool. So uh, hopefully next month, hopefully I can uh, report on one or two things that I've gone to. But um, like I say, we got to see how things are going here around Charlotte. We're not doing a good job uh, with uh, bending the curve yet. And uh, hopefully we can do that because I know I'm definitely ready for my regular life to be back and the stuff in my life. Um, which is certainly nothing compared to other things people are going through. But uh, I definitely want my life to be back to the way it was pre-pandemic. Uh, so um, so that's what's going in uh, around Charlotte as far as progression with live music. And then there was a couple of things I wanted to mention that were um, released. Uh, you know, they weren't like you had to tune in on a Wednesday night to see them, but uh, a couple of things I checked out. Uh, Bob Marley's Estate released a live show, uh, Marley at the Rainbow, and I believe it was from a 1982 show. Uh, and that was awesome. Uh, you know, Of course, never having gotten the chance to see Bob Marley, any chance I can see video of a performance is, is just amazing. And he was such a performer. And of course, you know, such songs to, to plow through during a concert. And that was a really fun one uh, to watch. I think it was about an hour, 15, hour and a half recording that they had. And uh, that was really cool. And then uh, the Rock on Tours uh, released a documentary via Spotify, and it was available on YouTube for a while. And it was done by um, the uh, filmmaker Jim Jarmusch. And it was really cool. It was the Rock on Tours recording at Electric Ladyland Studio in uh, New York. And and it was about their new album and uh, showed them prepping to get ready to do a show there for some fans. And they recorded a, a song or two while they were there. It was all behind the scenes footage and interviews with the band and stuff like that and showed them, you know, how they work out a song and stuff. And it was uh really cool. And a lot of typical Jack White moments, which, you know, as if you've been listening, you know, I'm a huge Jack White fan. So I, uh, I really enjoyed that documentary. It was, um, it was a fun one to watch. And, um, that was that as far as uh, kind of special edition things that got uh, released. And then um, we'll go into to what I, I've been watching the last month and uh, see what we thought of everything. Uh, to start off the month uh, of Good Nature, a local Charlotte band that I've mentioned a ton, uh, they had a new album released, and uh, they did an online show where they uh, played the entire album. And uh, that was really fun. It, it was good to see them. Uh, perform and and uh you know they did the paypal venmo thing during a, you know course and all and um all that it's funny with the the paypal and the venmos you know i've been mentioning with the online stuff it, it seemed like when they first started back in march if i watched anything you know i would make at least a, uh at least a small donation you know to the artist and and then it kind of got where i was getting more picky and picky and and uh now it's unless it's like a local band or artist, it's it's getting rarer or it's a really good cause. If it's a really good cause then I'll donate. But um you know, the the weekly um shows The Dead and Dave and Fish and all that, they, they tend to pick a different charity each week. And I think it was the fish show I was watching last week. I'm like geez, I said, I don't think I've donated since the first or second week to this. So kinda hard how to how to judge all that, because you can't um donate to every cause that comes along. And as you know, I've mentioned so many times, there's so many people struggling with various things, you know, going on in our country right now. You can't hit everybody. And, um, you know, it's hard to decide sometimes, but I certainly do appreciate all the music getting uh, released. And then, um, after of good nature, uh, band of heathens, they've been doing a lot of, um, stuff online live and streaming it on YouTube and their Facebook page. And, and they did a show, um, about an hour long and they had Charlie star from um, um, and I'm totally drawn a bit blank on Charlie, Charlie Starr's band, Blackberry smoke, who I've seen several times. So that was really cool. And all the guys from band of Heathens were kind of um, uh, separate locations and Charlie Starr was in a separate location. So it was, you're kind of like watching a zoom meeting, but it was really cool. And they played a bunch of songs and talked a whole lot. And uh, if you're not familiar with uh, the music of Blackberry Smoke, they're Southern rock, you know, and that's what they do. They sing about whiskey and bites and, and uh, heartbreak and, you know, party and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, definitely out of the Skinner Marshall Tucker mode. And it was really funny. Charlie star spoke passionately about how um, the beach boys are a big influence on them and I was just floored. And uh, you know, the, Beach Boys are one of those bands I liked as a kid. I I had Beach Boys Endless Summer when I was really young. I think like eight, nine, ten years old. I had that album and um, I went to go see them in high school with my brother. Uh, They played after a University of Hartford basketball game, of all things. Um, So I got to see the Beach Boys. But, um, you know, you just thought of them as, you know, all their beach songs and surfing songs and all that. But they actually influenced a ton of artists. And, uh, you know, their Pet Sounds album is just revered by so many musicians and critics and all that. And uh, but for Charlie Starr to to step up and talk about it, he talks so passionately about the dynamics of the band and, you know, all the influence on them and how he'll go back and listen to them, you know, for inspiration and stuff like that. And it was funny. He talked about playing a festival over in Europe and the Beach Boys were on the festival and uh, Brian Wilson was uh, playing with him and he said he didn't approach Brian Wilson. He was a little intimidated, but he said he went to catering, you know, during the festival to go get some food and drink and stuff. And, and uh, one of the other guys from Beach Boys was in the line. So he's like, Oh, I'll go talk to him and went up to him and, you know, introduced himself, said what band he was with and, you know, said how much the Beach Boys were influenced. And, you know, how I love the albums and uh, the guy, I forget which guy in the Beach Boys, he said he approached and the guy goes, We'll go talk to brian he's the genius <laughs> and uh charlie Starr really got a, a kick out of that so yeah, you know just another example out of these uh online streaming things that artists are doing you really learn a lot about them and and uh yeah i, I love that kind of stuff so it's it's cool to hear and then uh samantha fish uh the blues blues guitarist and singer uh, she's still doing her Monday streams. Uh, watched one of those uh, last month. It was it was excellent as always. I'm a big Samantha Fish fan, and then um, real treat was uh, Sturgill Simpson, uh, one of my favorite artists. He did uh, an online thing where he kind of dared his fans. They raised, I think it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars. It was either two hundred fifty or five hundred. But if they raised that much money, he promised he would do an online concert and he would also release two albums this year. And so the fans did it and it was, you know, was through donations and t-shirt sales and all these different things he was doing. So, uh, he did a concert at an empty Ryman theater. And it was like a super group of, uh, bluegrass. He had a uh, Sierra Hull in there. You know, it was one of my favorite mandolin players and it was just an awesome show. It was about an hour long. I think it was. And uh, it was straight up bluegrass. It was like old school Sturgill. You know, he kind of changes his style, you know, album by album. But uh, it was a fantastic night of music. And it was funny how he talked earlier about, you know, you don't, I don't, you know, hit every uh, Fenmo, You know, after every show I watch and stuff. But that one, I went out and bought the the T-shirt. He had a special T-shirt for sale that was going to the charity to help with um, COVID-related issues and stuff. And uh, it was a pretty cool T-shirt. So I bought that which is funny as well because I don't really buy concert t-shirts that much anymore. Now, like I, I used to kind of gave up on that a long time ago, but, um, so, you know, hit that one. And I thought that was a great thing that Sturgill did not only, you know, for the community, but, uh, for his fans as well. And then on the, um, the weekly streams that I've been, uh, catching, uh, the grateful dead one, they on their pregame show, not this past week, but the week before they had uh, Bruce Hornsby on as a guest who, uh, if you're not a, a Dead fan, he um, joined the band for a little bit towards the end and uh, played with them, and so they had him on as a guest. And, man, that guy is a character. He was a little bit out there. I was um, really surprised by that. I, I thought of him as more straight ahead and almost a little boring in some ways. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't expect him to be such a character, but he was, and and he told some um, really good Jerry stories and stuff. He was a good guest, but he, he was a little out there and uh then the dead disappointed me this past friday uh they did a they released an 87 shoreline show and it did not do it for me and i know shoreline was a place they did tons of great shows because it was kind of a hometown show for them but um that 87 one was a bit of a snoozer for me um and then on the other weekly ones uh fish really did a treat and they uh, released a couple weeks ago a 1995 show. And that was a smoker. Oh my God. I just sat there floored, um, during that show. I just loved it so much. And, and the band looked so young. And so, you know, the goofy geeky nerds that they are back then. And, uh, but man, what a smoker show they put on. And I was doing some laundry and, and, uh, most likely danced around the apartment a little bit during some of the songs. It was, it was great to see a show from, um, that era. And uh, Dave Matthews that same week, he, he went back a little further. He's been kind of doing all shows from the last few years and uh, he did a 2003 that same week. So um, that was fun to see. Cause when they go back, you know, 20 plus years or 15 plus years, there's a lot of songs that didn't exist then. So you hear some different songs and different takes on songs and stuff. And uh, I uh, really, really enjoyed that. And then, um, Another one on the weekly streams I wanted to point out was uh, the Tedeschi Trucks Band. The show they released last week was not a true Tedeschi t- truck show, but it was the super jam from uh, Bonnaroo in 2014. And uh, what a lineup they had for that. It was two plus hour show they did. And it looked like late night under one of the tents at Bonnaroo, but um, it was Susan and, and Derek and they had the drummers for some bit. They had the backup singers for the whole show, but uh bunch of the guys from lettuce were in there, the, um, horn section and Eric Krasno and David Hidalgo from, uh, Los Lobos was in there for a while. Uh, uh, Taj Mahal came out and sang a bunch of songs. Chaka Khan came out and sang a bunch of songs and it was just a fantastic couple hours of music. And, uh, you know, they did some Stevie wonder and, uh, you know, some Sly and the Family Stone. A lot of times when you see guest sit-ins at shows, they kind of go with these standby songs and, um, you know, just rip them. And that's what they did. But it was really cool. Uh, Chaka Khan was singing. She did a uh, Zeppelin song, and she was awesome on it. She was so good on it. And it was uh, kind of cool to see a, a female take, you know, on um, on Zeppelin. So. I would definitely recommend that one while it's still out there on YouTube to um, to catch that. You'll find it under Tedeschi Trucks and uh, Bonaroo Super Jam 2014. That was that was just great. So um, still enjoying those those uh, weekly streams from some of the bigger jam bands that uh, they're putting out there. And then um, I caught uh, Ward Davis, who's an outlaw country guy. He did a uh, I think that was a Saturday night stream. He did that was really good. And then there's been a few. Um, Fundraisers as well for cities. I I caught the Night for Austin one. Uh, That was fantastic. They had, um, you know, of course, the Nelsons on there. They had Lyle Lovett on there. Uh, They had Black Pumas, uh, who I loved. There's so much different genres of music covered in Austin and in and around Austin that it was a fantastic show. And they did a lot of interviews about the people in Austin and what's going on there and how they're struggling and, you know, what's going on with Austin and, You know, how vibrant music community they have there and and what's happened to that community, you know, during the pandemic. And um, there was also another one for um, Washington that was just on last week, All in uh, Washington, it was called. And the same kind of deal, they had artists from Washington or who live in Washington. And um, that was as much a um, documentary as it was music. It was kind of 50-50 on the stories they did and the interviews they did, as well as the music. Um, and it was neat to see all the different parts of Washington and how it's been affected Seattle. And, and, uh, they covered Yakima, uh, I guess there's quite a bit of farming in that area and how the farmers have been affected. And they even went into Seattle and, you know, I guess Seattle, uh, has quite a homeless problem and, you know, how the pandemics affected the homeless population and, you know, there's drug issues in Seattle as well and how that community has been affected. And, uh, it was, it was really, really well done show. And of course... You know, fantastic music. Pearl Jam's up there. Dave Matthews was on there. Uh, Slater Keeney was on there. Um, you know, just a bunch of really, really good artists. And then you know, they had different famous people from Seattle on there too. Like Pete Carroll was in there, and Bill Gates, and and uh, you know, different famous people from uh, from Seattle and the entire state of Washington took part in it. So, so that was a cool show. And then um, another one of those kind of fundraiser documentary deals that i watched was uh there was one for uh preservation jazz hall down in new orleans and um that was performances going on that evening from various parts of the country and various clubs in new orleans that were empty and then um it was some uh, recorded stuff too but jim james from my morning jacket was on there and um they had a bunch of different artists on you know from that were new orleans based and um it was great. It was a really, really good, um, show on that. And, um, the, I've been lucky enough to been to been to New Orleans, uh, three times. And I've actually never gone to preservation jazz hall. So, um, shame on me. So that's gotta be on the list. Uh, the next time down there, I have checked out a number of really cool clubs there and been there for jazz fest, but, um, did not do the standby of, um, the jazz hall. And I've seen that band, you know, at various festivals and, um, in concerts, you know, when they tour, but, uh, have not been in the actual hall. Um, and then, uh, going on, oh, Umphreys McGee did a a neat thing. You know, they've been doing a weekly stream, but they did a thing, I think it was two weeks ago called, um, uh, umph boondocks and it was two nights and they actually got together and played in the same room and they streamed it and it was two nights of music. And I assume they didn't play, any repeat songs over the two nights, but it they charged nineteen ninety nine a night to watch and um i wasn't I wasn't going for the nineteen ninety nine I was a little bit of a tidy on that, as my friend Joe would say, but um I thought that was pretty unique you know way for them to do it and um, I saw some stuff online from the guys afterwards, and they were saying, you know just how thrilled they were to be back together in the same room and playing and um so that was uh innovated by them and a pretty cool thing as uh, as well um and then there was a great tribute show you know i mentioned earlier in an earlier podcast that john prine the great songwriter uh and singer passed away and, and they the prine family put on a show called picture show as a tribute to john prine and and i have to say i missed the boat on john prine when he was alive he probably played northampton every year every other year he'd come through and play the various spots in northampton mass and i never went to go see him i just thought he was an old folky and um what a show the the tribute was all these different artists talking about you know how important john prine was to them and you know how how giving he was as an artist you know to write songs with people or take young artists on tour with them and had a bunch of my favorites on there jason isbill and amanda shires and margot price and yeah, you know, all sorts of of people like that from the um Americana scene and um it, it was really heart touching uh wonderful show and and uh he passed away to, to um covid so it was very relevant as well and then um the next one was the Blue Ox Festival which like all the other festivals uh couldn't happen this year they did uh, a couple nights of uh streaming and recorded music and they had uh Warren Haynes from Garment Mule and Allen Brothers. And I was all excited to see that. It was a Saturday night and he played three songs and it was great to see him. And um, if you know, Warren is this big, burly guy. And I think it's the second time I've seen him during the pandemic. He hasn't been streaming a whole lot, but um, it looks like he's lost some weight, which I was was, um, really happy about because I worry about his health. But uh, it was just a three song set, but uh, it was cool to see him uh, perform. And then uh, Lyle Lovett did another uh, stream. Last month it was with uh, John Hyde, and this month he did it with Robert Earl Keen, uh, who they met back at uh, Texas A&M when they were both in college there. And it was the same kind of deal. They were in different locations, and they just traded songs back and forth and talked and, and uh, told stories from their past and how they're dealing with the pandemic and stuff. And that was a really fun... Uh, Fun way to spend an a hour plus on a Friday night and um, got to give credit to my buddy, um, James Benfield. He turned me on to Robert Earl Keen and uh, got to see him a few times with uh, the Benfields and he's always a fun show and and um, really good. And then um in the festival up in Virginia, they went off. They did three days of streams, like 10, 12 hours a day, just continuous of um, past performances, past festivals uh, unfortunately, for me, I was in the office that week, and um, a bunch of the bands I wanted to see they showed Friday afternoon so i I missed that but uh I did tune in to um some of it over the weekend. It was really fun to see um, lockin's a big uh camping festival, and as I'm sure I've mentioned before i'm very much a hotel hippie, not a camping hippie, so um, I haven't gone up to locken because I don't want to camp in uh, the summer in in Virginia. Um, but I'm sure they have upscale hotel options, um, for a uh, higher cost, but I know they always get a great lineup up there and I should, uh, bite the bullet and go some year cause I'm sure I would, uh, love it. And then, um, Brendan Benson, uh, who's got his own career, but also part of the Rockin' tours. He did a, a stream one night and I was all excited for that cause I really like his sound and, and his songs and stuff. And he had a, so album coming out. And um that stream kicked out after three songs and I was so bummed. I was, you know, ready for a half hour, hour of music, and it was three songs of him from his uh home studio, which one of the songs is gonna be the outro song for this month. It was called Dear God that I um uh, or not Dear God, Dear Life that I really loved. Um, but uh I'm not sure if that was a technical glitch or that's the way it was supposed to be, but um it was a little bit of a bummer. And then um this past week I watched uh, Simplified, uh, did a stream. Uh, they're kind of like a, a reggae um, reggae band and uh, some friends of mine are really in, into um, reggae and, and scowl, that kind of stuff. And uh, I've gotten to see Simplified once or twice and they're really fun shows. And uh, so I jumped on that stream and, and they were great. I wasn't really sure how much of it I would um, watch but they were fantastic, it was an hour and uh really enjoyed it it was funny they kind of did the zoom setup where they were all together playing but uh they kept changing the background you know as people do at uh zoom meetings if if your job's requiring you to attend many of those or if you're doing them social hour wise um you know what goes on with uh, that but it was it was pretty funny and then uh locally uh band Revelwood mission they took part in the um no touch concert series last night and they did a um a show and and uh i watched that and and i'm just really impressed with them i really like that band they have a good sound the singer's good you know the band's good it's just a trio but they write good tunes and you know a lot of passion Um, definitely like indie rock kind of stuff i like them a lot and um also last night uh after revelwood mission was over i streamed uh whitey morgan Uh, played with guitars from his band, uh, uh, Joey Spina, and probably watched half hour, 45 minutes of that. It was them in a bar. I want to say the bar was in Maryland. Uh, So I guess Maryland's opened up um, fairly, but it was more or less, you know, like they were like the acoustic singer guys. Um, uh, Whitey played an acoustic and his, uh, Joey was on an electric, but it was just the two of them. They looked like they were kind of wedged. And it was definitely like a bar setup because you could hear talking during the songs. And then it was in between songs. You could definitely hear people's conversations. And there was one girl who was very loud. Uh, So it kind of reminded you of being at shows when you want to listen to music and and people aren't there for the music. But uh, in fact, uh, a few songs in what he asked people to shut the fuck up, but they didn't. (laughs) So that was funny. And then, um, the uh last thing i wanted to mention for this month was um rod uh, rodrigo and, and gabriella um acoustic guitar wizards uh they've been putting out songs lately the last few weeks like every few days they put out a a different uh, cover cover version of a song and and uh if you've ever seen them live they play a lot of uh, eclectic uh range of music at their shows and uh, one that they did the other day that I really enjoyed was they did um, Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. You know, it was a bit of a hit in the 80s and early 90s Australian band. And it, and it reminded me of, um, this will have to be a topic for a future show, I'll have to get some guests on. But uh, it was it reminded me of a show I saw them in college. I think Beds Are Burning came out when I was either a junior or senior in college. And uh, they were play- and I went to UMass Amherst and they played in Springfield at the, uh, for any of my l- listeners up there they uh, played the old Paramount theater that had just gotten revitalized and reopened. And for a few years, they got some pretty good shows in there. It was too bad. They couldn't keep it going. And then it closed for a number of years and they brought it back again. And same thing, they got a bunch of cool shows and they just couldn't manage to keep it open. But, uh, so anyways, midnight oil played and I was in college about a half hour from Amherst and I didn't have a car in college and I was dating this girl and she didn't have a car. And, and, uh, one of my buddies had a car and he wanted to go see Midnight Oil and I was just starting to see the girl and you know I didn't want to ditch her on a weekend and and I tried to mix all of us to go to the show together. <laughs> and uh it was just really funny because Midnight Oil was great. Peter Garrett's a excellent frontman and Paramount Theater was small, probably 1,500, fifteen hundred, two thousand people in there, something like that. And uh it just the three people together just did not mix. You know, Barbara was I, it was all me. It was all my fault. I put it all together. But, you know, part of it was I wanted to know my girlfriend and show her how much I love live music. And she wasn't probably very into Midnight Oil. And then, you know, then I wanted to be out with my buddy who was really into Midnight Oil and enjoy the show with him and party with him. And and it just didn't work out. So it kind of made me think of various shows I've been to. And you, you get a crew together or maybe you get put Put as part of this crew, and you don't know everybody that's going, and it just doesn't work out and uh I know the number of concerts I've been to i could I could fill a podcast telling stories of uh concert mixes of human beings that didn't go well, so uh I'll have to get uh one of my friends on or or somebody on get a few people on and just talk about uh concert mixes that <laughs> that haven't worked out so um so that was that with uh Rorio rodrigo and and Gabriela, but definitely check out what they're putting out there uh it's available on their facebook page and and youtube and yeah all that stuff that people are uh doing right now the artists are doing great doing it um i'm getting a little more hopeful that live music's getting that will happen sometime soon at least with smaller artists coming through town at smaller venues um like I said, at the start with the way our numbers are going, uh, our phase two was possibly going to end the end of June and the governor extended another three weeks, you know, cause our numbers aren't good. And there was even talk that we were going to go back to, uh, a, a, you know, more of a shutdown in phase one. But, um, so I think neighborhood theater, visual light, you know, all those places around town, they're still going to be closed for a while. And, all the big tours are still all postponed, you know into two thousand twenty one I don't see big bands booking fall dates or winter dates, anything like that, at least not on um dates popping up that I see um like I said, there is some stuff going around town, and uh you know hopefully i'll I'll feel comfortable enough to um get out there and and check some of it out but uh we're certainly not gonna see the calendar schedules that uh we saw previously I, I don't think for a while and of course there's always concerns it could come back in the fall strong again but uh but we'll see and i know as i mentioned earlier I've, there were supposed to be a lot of good shows here in march and april and uh bum that i missed them and right now we're at end of june and and um you know how, how many shows would i have missed at the whitewater center by now either you know with the river jam series or with um the different festivals i had and i'm sure i would have been up there uh fourth of july you know for um their annual shows they do up there in fireworks but um yeah that's where we are but hopefully there's some improvement coming and in the meantime uh bands and artists as i just ran through that was a ton of stuff i just ran through um from uh, june that went on they're still putting stuff out there and uh like i said a lot of it's real personal stuff and you can learn a lot about um the artists and, um, uh, it, it's fun. It's good. It's, it's really helping me, um, get through the pandemic, which as I said, has, has, has been a lot of fun. And I know it it's, uh, a lot of people have a lot, a lot way worse, but, um, so that's it for this month. Uh, our, uh, my uh, listeners ticked up a bit activity ticked up a bit this month. So it was good to see some people checking out the show and some people shot me some feedback. You know, I always love that. So uh, I thank everybody for listening and let me know what you think of it. And uh, we'll be back in July and do it again. And then the outro song for this month, as I mentioned earlier, will be by uh, Brendan Benson off his new album. And the song is called uh, Dear Life. So I hope you enjoy that. Take care, everybody. Be well. Oh, and wear your mask. I want to get back to life.